Welcome back to Marriage Monday. Thanks so much for joining with me. My name is Dave Berenger, and this is my podcast to help you build your marriage one Monday at a time. Today, we are wrapping up our How Can I Change My Spouse part of our listener series. This is our series that we've been in this summer where you, the listener, have requested what you wanted to hear in our podcast, the things about marriage, the things about relationships, and this is something that we've spent now three weeks in because this was the most requested topic. How do I not change my partner while wanting to see change in the partner? Maybe I'll say it that way. How do I not try to change them while wanting to see change? And so when it comes to these type of issues, these are just difficult conversations to have. Let's just admit, when we want to see change, when we are expecting change, when we desire change, we, we have a difficult conversation in front of us. And that's where we really see the major breakdown in these type of scenarios. It's that people forget how to talk. What's amazing is, is we work hard at communicating during the courtship process. And I'll be honest, I hate that term courtship. During the dating process, during the engagement, even in the honeymoon, it seems like we work hard to get close and to try to get close. And we can take that communication for granted instead of working on it throughout the duration of our marriage. We forget that the longer we are alive, the more apt that we are to change. We said that in week one of... um, this topic is that change is inevitable and the problem is is we sometimes can remember that change is inevitable but we forget that our communication ought to change and metamorphosize with our seasons so when it comes to talking to your partner you just have to recognize that how you talk to your partner how you communicate it to your partner in one season may not work in the present season that's why we have to keep working it out So I want to give you a strategy. I'm I'm going to give you a top 10. This is like a letterman here. A top 10, the top 10 ways to have a difficult conversation. So let's give you some good strategies here. Number one, agree on the issue to discuss. Agree on the issue to discuss. You've got to come to grips with one issue, one topic. Do not, do not, do not think you can multitask and deal with a bunch of topics. Stick to one. Why stick to one? Number one, it gives you a singular focus. And number two, if you can work on that one thing, you can actually develop momentum. So if you attack a bunch of little areas, you may feel, you may feel like you're dealing with a lot. But the reality is you can walk away actually feeling more defeated because you had a lot to deal with and you feel like nothing got taken care of instead of just dealing with one topic, one issue, and working on that and actually developing momentum. Number two, choose a time and location that neither of you is going to be distracted and a time for which neither one of you are going to be tired. I will never forget that my wife, uh, she had a rough time on our Alaska missions trip. We took a group of teenagers out to Bethel, Alaska. We were closer to Russia than we were Canada, closer to Russia than we were the United States. And it was a taxing trip on our bodies, on us mentally and emotionally. This was her, her very first trip. And she came back and she needed to talk it through and talk through some of her frustrations. And so after that long flight, With uh, the layovers, with the time changes, we laid down in bed, and all of a sudden, I woke up a few hours later realizing that when she started talking, I fell asleep. It was horrible. And so when it comes to this moment of having a talk about a difficult conversation, a difficult topic, you have to choose not just the location that's going to be good because you don't want ears to hear you, your kids, your in-laws, your friends, nobody needs to hear this. Also, you have time for which nobody's going to be tired, everybody is going to be awake, and everyone is going to be attentive. Number three, go after the marriage win, not the personal win. 
Go after the marriage win, not the personal win. This is huge. If you want a good strategy for having a difficult conversation, you have to go into it with humility that says that I may not get a personal win, but our marriage will get the marriage win. I'll say it this way, and I know I've said this on the podcast, so I apologize in advance, that a win for me is rarely a win for we, but a win for we is always a win for me. So if you're going after a personal win, the marriage rarely ever wins. But when you're going for the marital win, you both win. And that's the goal. Number four, listen more than you lecture. I love the scripture that we are to be slow to speak, slow to speak and quick to listen. So listen more than you lecture. You may have a lot of things that you want to say, but have the goal of listening twice as much as you speak. Number five, this is important. Stay on topic. We're halfway through our list here, and this is the one thing that we want to get back to because, number one, you agreed on the issue to discuss, but stay on topic. Don't let other topics derail you or distract you. Stay on topic and get momentum and progress. Number six, be willing to take a time out. That means if things get too heated, one or the other have have to be um, forthright enough to say, you know what, why don't we take a 15-minute break? Why don't we take a 30-minute break, a 20-minute break? And the goal isn't to reload. The goal is to relax. The goal is to calm down and remember what is truly the most important thing to get done in this conversation. It's about getting to the place where we can just take a breath to go for a simple walk, maybe get some food, uh, maybe just sit down and relax. But the point is not to not to reload weaponry against your spouse. The goal is to calm down and remember that the marriage is the most important thing. We're going to stay on topic and we're going to do this together. Number six, uh, excuse me, number seven, when you speak, when you're talking, make sure you do this. Clarify how the problem or the issue is impacting the marriage, not just how it impacts you, but clarify how it impacts the marriage. When you speak, talk about what you want in your relationship, not about what you don't want. Do you see the difference there? There's a difference between walking and saying, this is what I don't want for our marriage, then walking into the situation saying, you know what, this is what I want for our marriage. Let's deal with this issue, not because of what I don't want. Let's go into this issue because of what I see for our relationship, what I see for the future, the health of our marriage. That's a more positive spin, and it makes your partner less defensive. Also, when you speak, explain what makes you both happy and both fulfilled. So if you have communication issues, hey, we need to work on this. We need to talk about this because I think we can both agree that when we have good communication, man, it it makes our week go by better. Man, we're, we're nicer to each other. We're calmer with each other. We don't get defensive. Come at it from the positive aspect and explain what makes you both happy and fulfilled. Number eight, brainstorm and discuss solutions to the problem. The idea of of bringing up ideas that you both can kind of put on the table and both of you brainstorm and work together to discuss how you can bring solutions to the issues at hand. Number nine, agree on a time frame to reevaluate how things are going. Well, Dave, we just brought it up. I don't want to have to bring it up again. Listen, especially if you both have been working on it, you need to bring it up again so that you can reevaluate what's going on. This is a time that allows things to be revisited and not forgotten because if you want to talk about a topic, let's not keep talking about it. Let's not keep having to revisit it from the beginning over and over for years. Let's keep revisiting it in order to build momentum and to build progress to make sure that we can see this thing taken care of. 
Lastly, don't be afraid to get help. Do not be afraid to get help. Admitting that you need help and getting marriage counseling, professional marriage counseling, is not an admission of defeat. It is a move of strength. It is a strategy that is worth exploring and engaging in. It doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're wise. And if you, in fact, one of the ways to even approach it is to say things like this, I love you, I care about us, and I feel that I need some help learning how to communicate or learning how to navigate conflict. Whatever the issue is, take ownership of it and just say this, I would like to do things better, and so therefore, I would like to try counseling with you. I mean, listen to the way that's worded. I love you. I care about us. I feel that I need some help to help get through this with you better. I would like to try counseling with you. Just the verbiage alone shows humility and simply says that I'm willing to do something, but I can only do this with you. As you can see, we've gone through a lot here today, but I would really challenge you to listen or to re-listen through this podcast again and think about some of the areas that may be a challenge to you because difficult conversations are just that. They're difficult. But when you've got a good strategy going into it, you can really get a lot of progress made and you can see your marriage get out of the place of stagnation into a place of health where you guys are making progress, you're moving forward, and you're seeing things get done. And perhaps the change that you've been longing for, you'll first First of all, see in yourself and then you'll see in the marriage as you both are working together for solutions. Love y'all. Have a great week. Thanks for joining me on Marriage Monday and we'll see you next week.